god, there's like a hold on one second, there's a car making a horrible sound. I didn't know there were cars in this world. <sighs> yep, Ooh. one drives by right through the library and it's in really bad condition, so it's making this horrible squealing sound. That's the monster she was talking about. <laughs> We hear, yeah, yeah. We hear All the roar of the car, monsters, but it's really an engine roar. It's an engine roar, and it drifts as it like goes around the bookshelves, and that's what makes the screeching sound. It's just like a Ford 450. <laughs> just rams through the barricade. It's a horrible monster. It came through. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I shut it in the library. <laughs> Our podcast tales from the table i am cloud the dungeon master and creator of this adventure and around our virtual table we have athanasius flower and caden one of these times i'm gonna have you guys go in reverse just to trip people up it's still gonna I start just... with and caden then yeah it's still gonna start with and caden it's just gonna go and caden and then like <laughs> flower athanasius yeah just like that we'll play some D. oh jesus okay D. all right Last time, the party entered the Great Tower of Books at the Heart of the Gloaming with Sonnet in tow. There, they found evidence that someone had been living and working in the library. But before investigating further, they decided to interrogate Sonnet, who, under considerable duress, mostly of their own making, told them about losing their companion Bossom in the remains of the village of Alsoon, and about an ominous knife Bossom was carrying. The party then followed a trail into the shadowy library stacks, where they found a young tiefling, Yoali, weeping. Yoali, who admitted to creating the gloaming, warned that she had sealed herself in the library to keep a monster from escaping. A monster without form, who comes as a shadow, a whisper, a disturbance in the dust of ages. Above them, the party's most dangerous foe yet lies waiting. Do they have what it takes to free Yoali from its clutches? Find out right now. So just a quick reminder to all of you guys, just to set the scene of where we are. You guys are in these, uh, back in these shadowy uh, library shelves covered in books. Uh, Yoali is a uh, kind of like a, a tiefling teenager. Uh, she has, you know, sort of, right now she looks pretty disheveled. Um, like her long hair is sort of like fallen in front of her face. It's unkempt. Uh, she looks very dusty, like she's probably been hiding out in this dusty library for a long time. Um, she's crying, or at least she was before, and then you guys spoke to her and basically persuaded her that you weren't here to hurt her. Uh, you did say you were in a cult that made her very confused. Uh, cult of Heroes. Yeah, cult of heroes. Cult of um, heroes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was some talk of of cults, y'all. He's a bit confused, but uh, Athanasius uh, did manage to persuade her that you guys are on her side. Um, but she told you that there is uh, basically that she has sealed herself and a monster inside uh, this you know great library tower and. Uh, basically has been trying to persuade you guys not to go fight it because it is uh, very dangerous. Uh, and now... Okay, I look at the group, and I look back at Yoali, and I say, okay, 
What can you tell us about this thing? Well, I don't really know a whole lot about it, except, I guess, how it got in. Uh, what happened is, I, I was a refugee after the Calamity destroyed this city in the first place. Um, I, I, I lived here, I, I grew up here, my, my parents were here, and then when the Calamity came, the city collapsed into the sand, and so many people were killed. And I didn't know what to do, and not very many of us survived, but we, we sort of headed up onto the mountain and, and lived there for a little while. And at first, I, I mean, I never used to be able to do magic. I mean, apart from tiefling magic, I mean, all tieflings can do a little magic, but, you know, we, we don't. We, you know, I, I knew it was against, you know, the rules. I, I, never, I never wanted to, to be a magician, but um, after the Calamity, you know, I, I could do magic that I couldn't do before. I tried to use it to make people happy. I thought it was a good thing. I didn't think it would turn out so bad. I, I could just make people see things that weren't there. Good things, like flowers and butterflies and all the things that we didn't have anymore. And I knew the things weren't real, and other people knew they weren't real, too. It was just, I guess, a sort of game or uh, an entertainment, I, I guess? Like painting pictures, except in the air with magic. But then over time, I could do more and more, and then it sort of all happened so suddenly and all of a sudden everything that was inside my head was outside my head too and then the city was back but it was different and it was wonderful i i came i could come back and and live here again in in my home and everybody else could come back too and we were so happy and everybody we'd lost was here and uh i mean they were made of paper but it was okay, I thought, and, but then, then everything just started to go so wrong. I, I didn't know the magic would hurt people. I didn't know that it would drain all the life out of them. I, I didn't know, I swear, I swear I didn't know. I didn't know that it was going to hurt anybody. And I never wanted that. Then I tried to keep people away. And people came to try to to stop me, I think, except they couldn't, and I didn't want them to hurt me, and so I made the... Wh what did you call them? Uh, the, the floaty boys? And, and the floaty That's boy colon That's not how thick. I ever th thought about them. You guys don't read a lot, do you? <laughs> I actually read a lot. It's kind of part of my job. I mean, I was going for dragons. But, I mean... Oh, I, yeah, I get it. Before, I, I knew how to make kites. I was a kite maker. So were my parents. That's what we did. 
So I can't really, I don't really seem to be able to make animals or people. I can just make paper? And so I used kites instead, but it seemed to work anyway. They breathed fire and everything. I thought it was pretty good. But I guess you guys got past them anyway. Uh, oh, the monster. The monster's not the dragons. The dragons were to keep the people away so they wouldn't get hurt. And to keep people away so they wouldn't hurt me. But then, after I made them... And you can see all of a sudden she sort of uh, crouches in on herself even more and, and her toes curl up and she looks guilty. I, I made a mistake. I, when I said all the people that we lost had come back, there was somebody missing. My, um... When I was a little kid, you know, I, I didn't have very much. My family was poor, and, um, I, you know, I didn't have things, and I didn't have books. But I used to come here to the tower when I was a kid. I snuck in here, and one of the archivists, his name was Rahman, he taught me how to read, and I loved reading. I loved reading the books, and I loved the stories. I, I loved them so much, and Rahman was so kind to me, and he always protected me. And the other archivists, I wasn't really supposed to be there, but he, he, you know, talked to them and made it so that they weren't unkind to me, and, and they just sort of ignored me, and they... They let me come in and touch the books, even though I wasn't really supposed to. And Rahman, he wasn't here, and I missed him, and I wanted him back. And I tried to get him to come, but he wouldn't come. The magic didn't work, and instead, something else ripped its way through and that was that was the worst bit because then I really lost control I, I don't know what happened all of a sudden the magic was spreading and eating and taking things and I didn't know how to stop it and all that time inside my head it was whispering and and pushing pushing my thoughts getting me to do things, and I, I panicked, and I shut us in here so that it wouldn't get out. I don't know what it is, and I, I don't know where it came from. I only know what it wants, and what it wants is to eat the whole world. I lean forward when I see her all curled up, and I give her a big hug. Oh, she stiffens, uh, like right at first uh, almost as if she like is not used to being hugged and probably has not been hugged in a really long time but then sort of relaxes um and you remember that when you first came into the library and you found that sort of area in the front where uh 
it seemed like someone had been living and there were like some cracked mirrors and a whole bunch of like treasure strewn around and half-eaten food and stuff. You remember that there was also a sort of corner where it looked like someone had been working with kite making supplies, including paper and paint and sticks and string and things like that. And that there was a paper figure that was like the others you've seen walking around the city, except that it was not animated. And you remember that it had the form of a male dragonborn, larger than you, but uh, and uh, not a silver dragonborn, but a dragonborn nonetheless. I um sort of crouch down next to her, coil up a little bit, and sigh, kind of searching for the right words, and look around. All of us here have developed magic powers after the calamity, and all of us struggled in learning how to use them, and I know personally I made some terrible mistakes that hurt a lot of people, too. I understand, and I, w I want to help you, and you... You're just a little kid, you all, and you don't, you don't deserve to feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. Let us, let us help you carry this burden. How do you think you can help me? We have a friend who understands this magic that you have, and I look over at Athen. You do too. What, what, what do we need? You're one of the exalted. Uh, it's confusing. It would probably be better if we just let our friends explain it. They know a lot more about it than we do. But first, it seems that we have a shade of some sort to deal with so that we can get you out of here, huh? Oh, I don't think it's a shade. The shades, I... I know about them. That's what happens when a person has all the reality drained out of them. And they're sort of stuck somewhere between living and dying. This thing, it's not like that. It's not alive or dead, but it's not stuck in between either. It's, it's more like it's from somewhere where living and dying aren't even things that can happen. I, uh, I actually turned to Sonnet. Um, do you have any ideas? I do know quite a few stories, but they're usually more along the uh, lines of, uh, you know, Grumpkin the Great, who uh, you know, ravished 13 women in one night and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh... And they, they like, uh, blush, and their ears are kind of uh, laid back against the side of their head as, as they're uh, looking at, uh, like, a teenage girl. <laughs> they're like, uh, I, I don't think I know the right kind of uh, lore uh, for this circumstance. Uh, more of a, like, you know, body, tail, and adventure sort of person. Uh, you know... Tales of glory and uh, conquest and uh, fabulous riches, that sort of thing. Not um, eldritch horrors from the beyond. Can Kate make a perception check? Because he's on his toes at this moment. Sure, Just yeah. Just around. What, yeah, what are you uh, particularly, are you particularly looking for anything? A threat. A threat, okay. Uh, let's see if it's nearby. Okay, a 60. 
Okay, yeah, I love that perception is wisdom-based. Um, so yeah, as Yawali is sort of describing what happened, how the gloaming came about, this, you know, monster that is, you know, seemingly invaded from somewhere else, uh, you are sort of focusing your senses and... Uh, Caden, I don't know, you tell me, how many libraries have you been in before? Um, this one's fairly large, right? Oh yeah, big. Like, this, this is, is the size of like a big university library. Definitely the biggest library I've ever been in. If I've been in any okay. libraries, it would probably be like, I would think at most two to three, maybe small, you know, the, probably the smallest libraries you could find. Yeah, yeah, more along the side, the lines of like someone's personal library in their house, right. not like a great university library. Yeah. Okay, um, so this whole place is already slightly eerie to you. This like sheer amount of like books and scrolls and written words all around you, and also um, because this is its magical incarnation, the whole architecture is also made of books. So it's kind of just like books everywhere. Uh, and they're sort of faintly glowing. And so this place full of shadows and dust and words is already uh, eerie and making the hair on the back of your neck stand up. But you feel uh, this this place, um, there's sort of a, an island of warmth and light uh, around you and your companions uh, and Yoali. But you sense... Uh, far, far above you, above your head, above the ceiling of this room that you're currently in, you sense a sort of denseness, almost as if all those words and darkness and silence are pressing in with a sort of gravity and mass of their own uh, into something that is almost a physical presence. A more concentrated darkness above us? Yeah. Alright, well, I'm going to be concentrating my vision upward then, while they're still talking. Okay. So, right. this thing, you've got it trapped in here. I think I'm going to go barricade the entrance just a little bit, just so there isn't an obvious gaping hole for this thing to get out of. I'll be right back. I don't think we should split up. I'm already slithering off. Flower? I'll go with him. It's okay. It's it's okay, you, you know. It's in this building, but it's not here in this room. I've trapped it upstairs. Shutting the door is still probably a good idea, though, but you don't have to worry here. You're, you're safe here, well, as safe as you can be in this city. I've, uh, I've walked off after cloud or not after cloud <laughs> i have uh i've walked off after flower let's uh let's go follow them if you're right with that yeah i think sonnet reaches down a hand uh and uh yoali reaches hers out and they take her hand and and sort of help her to her feet and lead her uh back along uh towards the entrance where flower and athanasius and everybody else are headed so that you all travel mostly as a group. Cool. Neat. Yeah. Okay, Flower. How are you? Uh, how are you proposing to? Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the door was blasted off its hinges by uh, Floaty Boy Colin Thick, uh, uh, breathing at it with double fire. So, so uh, how are you going to fix like this? 
any door remaining. But there are plenty of bookshelves, right? There are. There's also a whole bunch of, uh, yeah, assorted, you know, treasure that's also, you know, kind of rubbishy at this point. I think I described the mirrors being cracked and things like that. Um, there's some heaps of stuff that Yawali dragged in here uh, earlier on when she was still enjoying sort of the uh, sp- uh, spoils of her own magic, as it were. Yeah, I want something super thick and sturdy to uh, deter anything from getting out or anyone else from trying to get in, just in case, you know. Yeah, I mean, the um, you're arrived. very strong. It wouldn't be... The bookshelves are really big, but you could probably especially with your machete you could probably um you know break some of them into sections and then use I mean, I'm those there too and i have my hand axe so yeah yawali definitely um is like wringing her hands if you're gonna attack the shelves of books i i, I take all the books off the shelves first <laughs> oh okay i yeah she'll she'll help you she she understands that it's important to barricade the door but she she loves these books. She doesn't want them to be hurt. So, um, and Sonnet will help too. Uh, and I, I think you can all uh, clear some shelves pretty pretty quickly and easily. I start doing curls with the books. <laughs> just out of habit. Yeah, just out of habit. Yuali gives you kind of a funny sidelong look uh, and, and sort of watches you out of the corner of her eye, uh, pumping, pumping books up and down. Is that... Uh... Is that a northern dragonborn custom? Is that some sort of ritual that you do with the books? No, sorry. Um, so before the calamity, I uh, I studied at the university, and in order to, well, I spent a lot of time in the library there, and in order to stay fit, I found the best way was just to work out with the books rather than to spend time with the books and then go work out separately. So, are you a scholar or a warrior? Or both? Somewhere in between. Wow. That's, <laughs> you're you're all the things that you can be in the whole world. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I can't cook worth a crap. That's, uh, that's more flowers, Biz. Oh, neither can I. What have you been eating in here? Oh, well, I mean, I can make food with my magic, but it turns out that it's uh, not very good for your health. Oh, dear. Um, I pull out some of my rations and I snap and pop my um, gardener's pop into existence and put some, like, you know, cilantro and fresh rosemary... um, onto whatever sort of like pita bread and spread there is and hands them over to her oh she takes very gratefully yo i didn't realize you're already growing herbs in your pot yeah nice (laughs) i love that thing (laughs) that might be one of my favorite homebrewed magic items it has so much potential for abuse um, but for now, it's just being used for innocent purposes. Honestly, yeah. Like, you said it can't be broken by non-magical means, so, like, Mm-mm. just that. <laughs> yeah. I-, I was more thinking, like, I didn't want you to just, like, uh, butterfinger it and just be like, oh, no, my magic pot. Like, usually magic items, it takes quite a bit to break them. Like, 
whatever. I didn't want you to just like be like, oh no, my pot. Oh, and like that, because that would suck. Uh, yeah, it maybe takes you like, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, but you, you manage to barricade the door pretty well. Uh, although Yoali does assure you that um, now that she knows you guys are here to help, the floaty boys won't give you any trouble. She's in control of them, so uh, n no need to fear. Uh, oh, man, is is the first floaty boy dead? No. Maybe. What? He crashed. The one that you guys flew. It crashed. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll, we'll decide that later. I don't know. Uh, never had floaty a boy. Col <sighs> floaty boy colon thick is definitely still alive. And the one that was along the outer wall of the city. But that one's far away and probably not a threat to you. Anyway. Uh, this is a barricade that's been designed more to keep something in than to keep things out. Let's just put it that way. And I think Yoali turns to you and says, Look, I, I can tell you guys are determined and I'm grateful. I don't, I don't think I can help you. I'm not a fighter. I mean, I've been fighting it as much as I can with my magic, but I, I don't think I'll be any good in a battle. And I might just slow you down if you're trying to keep me safe. It'll definitely try to attack me. If it knows that it's being killed, um, are you guys sure you're ready for this? Uh, are are we? Do we need to take more time to rest? I suppose it can't hurt to take a night to get ourselves up to full strength. A if night? Yuali, do you think we, we have that time? I mean, I've been holding it off for a few weeks. I can probably hold on a few more hours. That would be nice then. Okay. As long as you guys are sure you're not going to be hurt by the illusion. We'll be fine. Caden pats himself down. I, I think I'm okay. Pretty sure we're okay. Yeah, you guys, you look okay. Uh, you don't, you don't look so good. She says, looking at Sonnet. Yeah, you said when Sonnet was um, in Yoali's presence, um, they sort of regenerated back to their, you know, delightful cat folk self but um ah that has faded um that was a bit of uh magic that sonnet themselves oh, can do that was there. Sorry, um okay. yeah they uh you know not to give too much away but they seem to have the ability to inspire other people and make them feel better uh, just by being in their presence. And when they sort of turn that ability on, uh, they appear, wow, just even more beautiful and radiant than you could, you know, possibly imagine. Uh, but normally they, uh, they're they looking a little worn around the edges, uh, a bit dusty, haven't taken a bath in a little while, although I'm not sure that they do considering that they're a cat. But uh, also uh, looking a little bit on the see-through side. They, they sort of shrug, though. We can't take a long rest again, can we? We haven't taken a long rest. Yeah, you have. You took a long rest in the warm demon. Yeah, in the inn. Inn. But that was, like, a while ago at this point. I mean, we can spend the rest of the day doing more stuff and then we take went a, from the rest end tonight. to the tea shop, right? And then we went from the tea shop to the inner wall. It's perpetual twilight. 
I don't think it's been more than a few hours. It probably hasn't. Well, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to do. So, like, we can fill the time. You guys can, look, you guys can do whatever you want. You are perfectly free to do whatever you want. Yoali has told you that this thing is bad juju. Yoali's an aspect, and even she has only been able to keep it at bay. Now, she's not an aspect in, let's just say, possession of her full strength. Uh, however, uh, Yoali looks concerned. She she knows that what's up there is bad, and she wants you guys to have the best possible chance. Well, Flower is incredibly restless. He was kind of hoping that um, all the strenuous exercise of barricading the door would sort of uh, help that out. But that last thing that Trick said about um, the curse was deeper than you knew and um, the wounds deeper than you could have imagined is just running through his head again and again and again. Um, so yeah. he's just sort of slithering around this area, uh, looking through the, the piles of stuff trying to find something that will, like, catch his attention and, you know, get his mind off of that. Okay. There's lots of shiny stuff. Uh, you know, it looks like Yoali maybe went a little bit overboard at first, uh, you know, dragging in mirrors and silks and heaps of jewels and, you know, fancy combs and, you know, uh, hairbrushes and I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, she's way more girly than I am, so let's, let's think what else would a, a girly teenager who, uh, never had anything luxurious before and suddenly could make literally anything her mind desired would have, uh, nail polish? <laughs> Glittery nail polish, lots Ponies of it. Ponies made out of diamond? Uh, maybe like a little one, yeah. Doesn't like to eat buttholes? Uh, not this one. This one's not alive. Uh, it's maybe just like a little diamond sculpture of a pony. Uh, but it is giving you a very rakish grin. You wonder why it has that look on its face. Doesn't, seems out of place for a pony. <laughs> yeah, uh, Flower, I don't know exactly what you're looking for. Uh, there's definitely a lot of books. Uh, some of them have fancy covers. Uh, some, you know, some scrolls. Uh... There's not, like, a whole lot in terms of, like, weaponry. Doesn't look like Yawali was interested in that sort of thing. Oh, oh, see, I'm looking for something to lose integrity on. Oh, uh, hmm. uh, you'll, you'll get an opportunity for that, but, um, uh, let's just say the, uh, the monster will give you some opportunities. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you are, yeah, just distract yourself. I, I took into account... Uh, Audrey, what you told me yesterday, day before. Uh, so don't worry, that temptation is definitely here. I, I never envisioned Flower as being someone who would want to stay in the gloaming for physical pleasures. And that seems to have been what Yoali was into. Sonnet is loving this place. Mm. They're like, oh man, oh, this tiara is like... Look how it sets off. Uh, the citrines in it are just perfect with my coat. This is this is amazing. Fair enough. Sonnet, aren't aren't you in bad enough shape already? <laughs> Sonnet looks real guilty. Puts the tiara back in the pile. <laughs> so, uh, how are you guys feeling? Are are you you doing okay after the whole 
tea shop thing, Caden? We haven't really... We got distracted what with running for our lives and stuff. I mean, I was not really... I'm not really ready to talk about it. I think we gotta focus on other things. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's talk about it sometime. Let's not just put this off forever, huh? Caden kind of gives a look like he was hoping to put it off forever. <laughs> just repress it and it'll, it, it'll, it'll eventually Ex- go away, right? Exactly. Healthy. Okay, the other thing I wanted to do, um, Flower can't really initiate, but um, clerics and paladins get this cool spell called Ceremony. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the options under it is coming of age, which, oh. um, uh, yeah, <laughs> you give a, a young person sort of just like, I don't know, some get up and go uh, oomph, and mechanically they get a d4 to all their um, ability checks for 24 hours. And that just felt like something that... Um, he and Appen could do for Yuali to just bolster her confidence and strength in the face of this monster. OMG! I, I wish you could see my... Some, sometimes I just really wish we were playing around of, like physically together because I wish you could see the look on my face right now. <laughs> oh my god! I love that so much. Um, Yeah! How were you envisioning this going? Um... Like, is that something Yawali asks you for? Is that something you go to Yawali and offer? Um, I feel like Athen would have to initiate it because he understands magic. And this is like a whole ritual mm. that involves, you know, an hour to cast. I mean, I think if you, Although maybe if if you come to Athen and... Yeah, I'll come, yeah, ask. Is there anything we can do with our magic to... um? To help Yawali to make her, I don't know, less afraid in the face of this thing or protect her more? Man, I don't, I mean, I guess I can try. It's never something I really studied at the university, but it is certainly something I've read about. And I don't know 100% what these new powers are capable of. Right, with the, the ne- necromancy and st- stuff. I, I mean... Flower, you could always come at this, too, from the perspective of there were things that were done, you know, uh, between, you know, in serpent folk, um, you know, ways of life. Uh, you know, maybe in Relish, there was a certain, you know, coming-of-age ceremony. I mean, behind the curtain a little bit, magic was not you know, strictly permitted out, you know, um, to be used by people who were not trained at university. However, there was still, mm, I would say, small amounts of underground folk magic that went on, especially among races that uh, have magic inherently, which serpent folk don't, but several, you know, lots of races actually do. Um and this sort of thing, you know, uh, marriages, coming of age ceremonies, things like that. Um, unless you were like a rich, important person who could like actually go to like a temple of Alu. And especially if you were out in the middle of the basin where there probably weren't very many. Um, this sort of, you know, low level 
um, folk magic uh, would have not strictly been allowed, but people did it anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it makes sense. So you've you've probably seen ceremonies like this before. Um, you probably just didn't perform them yourself. No, certainly uh, one not. might have even been performed for you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you maybe run me through what I would have to do for it, I can definitely try to put some uh, some oomph behind it, so to say. Well. Let's see if you all is interested. Okay. Yeah, we ask her. Okay, yeah, she's sort of, um, I think, maybe sitting uh, along one wall. Uh, she's got a book out, um, and she's sort of holding the hair out of her eyes with one hand as she reads. Uh, she looks up as you walk towards her. Uh, Yolly, we were thinking um, it might be possible that we could bolster uh your resolve with some of our magic if you'd let us try we're very new to this it might be a bit um you know it's not gonna error. hurt is it no no i look over at Athen. no nope. no uh okay what kind of magic i don't know you very well what do you do uh, i am not sure I <laughs> they she doesn't look very reassured. I don't if we were going to group me into one of the traditional archetypes, I guess the magic I manifest would be closest to a cleric, but And I do some of the same stuff he does, so I'm a cleric too, I think. Yeah, I think in this universe people aren't so much clerics as like there are there are like the priests of Alu and there are lots of different kinds by the way. Like they do all sorts of different things. Some of them tell the f or let's put it this way, they used to, right? They don't anymore since the calamity, but before the calamity they did all sorts of things. Uh everything from predicting the future to caring for the sick. And, you know, performing marriages and death rites and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, Athanasius, when you say that, uh, Yuali kind of frowns and looks at you. You don't look like a priest. You do kind of look like a scholar. Are you sure? The magic I've had since the Calamity definitely manifests itself in mostly the form and healing magic, so... Mm. So you you pray to the goddess, and then you heal people. Something like that. <laughs> She's giving you a look, uh, uh, a teenager look that says, "This adult is full of bullshit." I uh, I don't necessarily pray to the goddess. I draw my power from this armband, and I show her my armband. I don't recognize that symbol. Is it a symbol of the goddess? I've never seen it before. I haven't ever seen it before either, and trust me, I've I've seen a lot of symbols. Well, all the priests in this city, the ones that survived, they don't have any of their power anymore. So if you were praying to the goddess for power, then you wouldn't have it anymore. So where does your power come from then? Honestly, kid, I'm not 100% sure. 
So let me get this straight. You don't know what you can do. She says, pointing at Flower. And you kind of know what you can do, but you don't know where your magic comes from. She says, pointing at Athanasius. And you want to do magic on me. But it won't hurt. Athen has done plenty of magic on me that's probably saved my life. See that scar there? That uh, could have, I could have bled out from that one and I can barely see it anymore. Flowers healed me bunches of times. It's true. Caden says, I'm not, remembering that he I'm does not magic hurt too. though. She says, sort of like looking herself up and down. Uh, I mean, I might have a bruise somewhere, but I, I, I'm not bleeding or anything. One of the things that I like to do in battle with my friends isn't just to heal them, but also to, well, I'm, I'm going to describe it the same way I described it to you, is to give them a little extra oomph, um, you know, to, to help them hit their attacks and to kind of reveal weak points on our enemies and and to to give them some extra energy to help them dodge attacks and stuff as well so i i don't just heal i can also you know en- enhance their abilities as well you give people some goddesses blessing if if you don't if you feel uncomfortable we don't have to do this it's okay no, I'm so- I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I know you guys are trying to help. And, I mean, I've- I certainly don't know everything there is to know about my magic either, or I wouldn't have messed up so bad and made so many mistakes. Uh, if you think it'll help, you- you can do it. Um, as long as it won't hurt or- or anything, or turn me into a frog. <laughs> I don't know, Flower. I'm very it's, impressed uh, if we could do it's that. magic from the basin. You tell me. <laughs> no offense, no offense, sir. It's only I, I, once. I like frogs. It was a newt and snakes, but and newts too. It's fine. She got that. <laughs> God fucking damn it! <laughs> God, yeah, God damn it! She's eating flowers, pita, as uh, as you guys are doing this. Nom, okay, nom, so nom. I think I'm. I'm gonna follow Flower's lead on this then, since um, since Flower's the one who's kind of observed and and been part of these coming of age rituals. I think I'm mostly just gonna gonna sit back and kind of put my magic into what Flower's doing. It's definitely a very stuttery stop where I'm like, okay, so it started with. Uh, going down, well, we don't have a river, um, but there's, um, what, what, I guess we could use water, and then I start saying stuff in Serpent Folk, and then I have to stop and be like, oh, well, uh, that means da 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 and, um, honestly, I think, Athen, you get, like, a quick lesson in, uh, the Serpent Folk language. I um, immediately pull out a diary and start, like, <laughs> scribbling yeah, in I'm it. Yeah, I'm sure you all pick up the, on like, it really little, quick. And, um... uh, intonation stuff that I catch, and... Uh, really just start, uh-huh. um, you know, kind of going about my trade, trying to learn, like, as much as possible from everything that Flower is saying. Okay, while this is happening, what is Caden doing? He is, he's just kind of watching because it's interesting. And, like, he, you know, he hasn't really been, you know, before this group, obviously, he didn't really have much exposure to other people doing magic. 
So he's kind of interested about the um, peculiarities, I guess, of what's mm-hmm. going on. On the other hand, he's looking up and worried about being killed. Yeah, that's fair. I think Sonnet is, uh, they've unearthed a nail file, and it's like covered in golden jewels, uh, and they're uh, buffing their claws. I kind of like, so they're doing the ritual right now. I kind of like nudge him from like, hey, stop, put it back. I mean, I, I'm not going to keep Just the it. the nail file out of their I, hands. I, I'm, sh- I'm sharpening. Just the nail file out of their hands. I'm not going to keep it. I'm just sharpening them. I guess the nail file out of his hand. I want to go in with my claws. (sighs) All right, fine. (laughs) I'm so fucking happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sonic glares at you. I imagine it's just like I just like flick my finger and like the wind just like tosses out and it like lands a couple aisles away. At that point, uh, uh, Sonnet extends their claws all the way, and you see that their ne- their claws are like two inches long and wicked sharp, uh, and they were buffing all the stupid gold leaf off of them, and underneath, those claws mean business, okay? So. I mean, Ken's on his guard, but he doesn't think Sonnet's actually going to attack him. I mean, he's right, but Sonnet's still miffed. And they're, they they have long, wickedly sharp claws. Well, all right then. Caden's Caden's just like, fine. If you don't want me to help you, I'll stop helping you. All right. What's going on with the ritual? We've you know finally gotten into the groove, I think. And um, as sometimes happens when uh, Athens starts casting uh, a spell and it sort of clicks with flower, and he's like, oh, I can do that too. Uh, I think they found like their groove in the magic and can sort of um, channel it over to uh, Yawali to sort of um, mesh with hers. Okay. Yawali is uh, eating uh, your pita uh, and watching you guys uh, interestedly and every once in a while throwing a glance over at Caden and at Sonnet. She she looks like a a rather uh, insouciant uh, teenager who's just sort of... uh, Eating a pita, wondering what you guys are going to do. I think it helps that um, Athen can pick up on serpent folks so quickly. And also that he has a reptilian face, because the problem with serpent folk is that so many of the sounds require you to have like like a really wide mouth and a jaw that can practically unhinge. So Yeah, his tongue Athen is, is one probably of the pretty similar to can the actually, shape of yours. Yeah, pronounce yeah. some of these these syllables. Yeah, I think I think we go through this kind of beautiful ceremony that Flower is leading. Um, that kind of involves, you know, some. I I bless some water and and pour it over her, and we kind of do this very um, almost dance like movement around her, and just kind of light starts pouring from my armband, and kind of creating almost this like dome between me and flower that is around Yawali. Okay. Yeah, she's not amused when you guys dump water on her, uh but uh as you guys start to actually build up the spell uh, and light starts to weave itself around her, uh, she seems much more impressed. And in fact, as you do that, um, you guys are weaving this spell and uh, you're getting into the groove of it and you can feel 
Uh, you see, I think I mentioned last time um, when Yoali got uh, a little upset, uh, sort of like a corona of golden yellow sort of sparks surrounded her. And sure enough, you can see that corona come back and get even stronger. Uh, and this these sparks of golden yellow magic uh, come and they join in uh, the light that you guys are weaving around her until she is sort of suffused with this bright yellow glow. What do you what do you do to end the spell? I'm trying so desperately not to make a stupid joke. I mean, um, you can make a stupid joke. It's fine. God, my <laughs> I hate myself. My immediate reaction was twerk. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dab. Uh dabbing might be appropriate. Uh how does this No, you know what? We're not going there. The forearm <laughs> dab. It's going to happen. Quadruple dab, big dab, mini dab, at the same, and they go in different directions too. <gasps> that's power. Oh, shit. Oh damn you! That can dab you know in what? Both directions I feel like once. that's a fitting. Someone Look, draw that. Yawali's a teenager. I'm feeling like that's a fitting end to the spell. And Yawali, uh, uh, seeing what you're doing, uh, copies the motion herself. So then she dabs. She's like, oh, oh, like this. Oh yeah, one arm up like this, yes, and then the other. Yes. Okay. Just like that. Uh, you feel the power. <laughs> and she dabs. She's like, oh, this must be like a, a really powerful uh, magic, uh, uh, magical pose of great significance. And then the, um, the golden kind of like dome between me and Flower kind of starts coalescing slightly and becomes, let's see, how did, how did you describe it? Uh, it becomes an odd triskelion shaped uh, light. <laughs> oh my god with uh with three rings and three rings inside those rings and starts spinning on its own and detaches from me and flower and the ceremony comes to an end as the light Kitten flips his water bottle and lands, <laughs> uh, standing up and we all lose our minds uh, the the ceremony comes to an end as the light stops spinning awesome uh, I will have you know that then in the future, if you cast Spiritual Weapon, it will take the form of a fidget spinner, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> yep. That's decided now. you ever not want it to? <laughs> All your, it, when you do your, uh, your spirit guardians, they're going to be uh, like little poop emojis. I kind of like give Flo okay. a weird look of like, that was kind of a weird ending to a ceremony, but I mean, it was pretty cool, so, I don't know. You know what? Yawali keeps keeps dabbing, and, like, more of that, like, yellow light sort of, like, shoots out of her when she dabs. And she's like, ah, oh, this is great. I, I love it. I totally feel it now. Caden claps. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Glad I could do She something. smiles, and it's the first time you've seen her smile. And welcome to this D&D party where we can take, like, the most sincere thing and turn it into fucking fidget spinners and tapping. Um, welcome You're to right. the Cult of I, Heroes. I do feel better, she says. And you can see um, that sort of, those sort of yellow sparks running up and down her hands and her fingers as she moves them. Thanks. This is good. You guys really can do magic. It's weird magic. I like it, though. 
thanks. I was I just kind of supplied the juju. Flower's the one that was leading that, so. Glad I was able to do something good. Okay, well, I guess you guys are ready then? Ready as we'll ever be, I suppose. Suppose so. Okay, well, good luck. And she sort of makes a gesture, and you see over against one wall, the books begin to rearrange themselves. And uh, they sort of slide out of the wall and pile on top of each other until there is a staircase going up. Oh, guess that does make sense. We couldn't find a way up. No, I I made it so there wasn't a way up. That was the point. Well, let's go. I sort of glance hesitantly over at Sonnet. Are they coming with us? Yep, they seem they they uh they're whole, sticking close to you. Uh, they seem to be wanting to come. I put my hand to the key around my neck again and uh hang the the end of the bright blue wig out of my uh sack. So if they're tempted to go and steal something, it's that. They're definitely eyeing it, but they're not sure blue is their color. I'm sure anything could be their color. Come on. They they think that too. There there are warring desires in their mind right now. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. All right. That's <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. You walk up these stairs and uh, yeah, maybe at a height of about two or two and a half stories, you pass through uh, what's, you know, was the ceiling of the room below you and out basically through a hole, kind of like a trapdoor, into uh, another, you know, just room of books. This is just the inside of a tower. On uh, this one, uh, much like the room below, is full of library shelves, but there is a large open space in the middle. And it is dark. Uh, which one of you has is bringing light with you? That would be me. Okay. There is a sort of soft glow coming from all the books and the scrolls and the tablets and everything that are on the shelves and also making up the floor and the ceiling and the walls. And that does provide a certain amount of light, but it's kind of an eerie glow. You walk into this space and you feel the pressure. You feel silence pressing in on you, like a physical thing, like a touch against your skin. And as you get to the top of the stairs, uh, you see almost at the corner of sight a sort of stirring in the air. It's barely there. It's almost so slight that you can't see it, almost like dust being blown on the wind. And uh, it doesn't necessarily have a shape, just a suggestion of movement. And you hear a voice whisper to you, Finally, I've been waiting quite a while. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. 
This podcast was edited by Cloud and Audrey and produced by Cloud. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for his awesome advice. Our theme music is 8-Bit Adventure by Adhesive Wombat. This is your dungeon master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us next week on Tales from the Table. Thank you.